you've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast, and wherever you are in the world, welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe, I'm the Lonely Diplomat, and I have a website, thelonelydiplomat.com, which has a blog, this podcast, um, a book, and details of my mentoring services, all designed, expressly designed, specifically designed to help support, challenge, and inspire diplomats and those who live the diplomatic life and help them to reconnect with themselves and to the world around them if they're feeling just a little bit lost uh, as they live their diplomatic lives wherever they are in the world. And really, it's an absolute pleasure to do so. I love it. Uh, and uh, I hope that wherever you are in the world right now receiving um, the, the, the message that I'm about to, to give, I hope that you're well and I hope that you and yours are doing well. This is episode 42 of the Lonely Diplomat podcast and this has been... This has been sort of rattling around in my mind, and if something can rattle around in a soul, it's been doing that too. And this is uh, uh, this 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 content of this episode is all about a call, a call to the men of diplomacy, and it's not all men, but. It's some. It's some men. And this comes from a place of direct lived experience in myself, being a man, being a man who uh, has lived the diplomatic life, twice been a, uh, a posted diplomat, twice been an accompanying significant other, being a father, Still am a father, <laughs> um, been a husband, now a partner, now um, gone through, uh, going through separation. Um, suffice to say that I've lived life as a man and from a lot of different perspectives that helps me both respond with empathy for what I'm about to say and say categorically, me too, me too. I am not above what I'm going to say. Indeed, much of what I'm about to say comes directly from me. As Phil, not the lonely diplomat who's thinking and, and, and contemplating and musing and sharing that with the world. No, this is part, this is, this is some of that, and then some is being me. And I really want to say that when, um, you know, put that caveat, dare I say, a caveat over, or, or, you know, around all of this, that I'm in the business of living my life as a um, cisgendered white man who is gay, able-bodied uh, and, um, uh, you know, living life from, from that experience, my own lived experience. What I want to talk about today is to give 
In, in giving a call to the men of diplomacy, I want to speak with kindness and honesty. And we know as regular consumers of my content here on The Lonely Diplomat, there is no conversation or indeed every conversation can be made better when we approach it with kindness and honesty. So we're going to have a kind and honest conversation here. The other part of where this is come from, uh, comes from uh, is my work as a coach. Beyond the mentoring service that I do, that I provide here uh, at The Lonely Diplomat, I'm a coach. And I work with my friend, my, f- uh, my former coach and a mentor, Mike Campbell, who I think was on about episode five of The Lonely Diplomat podcast, and whose work, uh, he's a man coach, and he's all about helping men be themselves and put themselves out into the world and engage in a um, positive way with men, their masculinity, allowing men to also be feminine, to embrace their feminine side, um, and wrapping that all up in being authentically who they are in the world. And I work with him on that. I run a program for graduates of his uh, uh, Everyday Legends Academy, which I did back in 2016. I started it. I was in his first intake back in 2016 and went through his uh, uh, six-month program. And I liked it so much that I've stayed around and have learned from him uh, and now run this program with him for about 25 men all around the world. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing because when when people come together and have a conversation about things that really matter, where they ask for support and they give support, it's, it's truly, it, it's a beautiful thing to simply create the space for that to happen with these men. Without exception, without exception, many, well, without, without exception, many, no, without exception, the men that I work with, with Mike, come to the program scared, scared. They're scared of judgment. They're scared of finding out who they are. They're scared. They're scared. And that fear has kept them back. So in some instances, and I'm not betraying, wanting to betray any confidences here, but I just want to set, set some scenes or set the scene. When a guy turns up to the first call at the start of the program, the nerves are palpable. And the conversation generally goes along the way of, hi, I'm Phil, married, couple of kids, this is my job, I do this, kind of a big deal in what I do, 
Um, I own, you know, three companies or whatever it is. And, you know, words of uh, I'm single or divorced or married, children, no children, pets, no pets or something, and their job, their job. And can go on a long uh, monologue about their job and how it's frustrating or how they love it or whatever it is. And what's missing from there? What's missing from all of that conversation generally is a statement about who they are. So, gentlemen... If you're listening, I want to ask you a question right now. Who are you? Not what you do. Not who knows you. Not who you know. But who are you? When you go to sleep at night and you wake up in the morning, who are you? Before you are all things to everybody else in the world, who are you? Now, if you're like me, a few years ago, now getting to five years ago, that question would have freaked me out. Freaked me out because I didn't know. And I'm going to say that some of you listening, some of you men listening, and indeed some women listening, but this is a message for men, don't know who you are. You're deriving your sense of purpose from what you do, not who you are. And when you're not doing what you're doing, you don't know who you are. Now, if that is not a surefire um, uh, 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 path, do you have a surefire path? If that is not a well-worn path, to disconnection with self, then I don't know what is. When we are what we do, we are not who we are. Because what we do can change in a moment. Yeah, I'm okay with you feeling a little bit uncomfortable with that in that silence. I'm very okay with you feeling uncomfortable with that silence. And gentlemen... Why, why is it, why is it that men act like we have to have all the answers uh, and always be in control? Because that's exhausting. It's exhausting, isn't it? Particularly in diplomacy. Because not being in control doesn't, do because if we are responding to something something external be it at work like you know in a crisis or a unexpected email or whatever it is if we don't come back respond calmly with authority without giving the impression that we are actually okay with everything that's going on when really that we're not because we go to such, such extreme lengths, extreme lengths, to make sure that our response doesn't become the problem. 
Now, that's okay in many situations, but make a life of that? No. No. No, that's actually, that's actually another sure path to disconnection with self. You're not actually, you don't know what you're feeling when you, your immediate default setting is, okay, calm. Or, um, uh, or, or something like that. The, the denial of that feeling doesn't mean to say that you can't come back to calm. Indeed, that's, that's actually important. But if you're not able to be in touch with your emotions, if you're not able to feel the feelings and, and the signs that your body's giving you, how can you know how you're meant to respond from a place of who you are? The last question for you, and this is a big one, for I see this a lot, and, you know, in some of the, like, both both in the coaching work that I do, and in the, um, uh, sort of, the, 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 the text, the podcast, and the, um, the, the, the feedback that I receive about uh, the content of On Being a Male Diplomatic Spouse, which was published uh, in about June 2019 uh, on, on the blog, so lonelydiplomat.com. And this was written by Simon. And uh, he wrote it, and it's actually it's hugely popular. On the on the website, it's one of the, um, the 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 highest read, most read, widely read, most shared um, blog posts on the um, uh, on on my blog, and it's for good reason. It's really good. It's raw. It's a it's beautiful. Um, but it talks about the um, deriving the sense of self from what he does or what he did, and having to find that. And the, the, how hard it was to find that from who he is. But in, to, in doing that, in doing that, he needed to ask for help. So, gentlemen, a question for you. Why is it that men wait until the last moment until almost every other avenue has been explored and discounted that we ask for help. Why is that? Is it because of some misguided, dangerous notion that to be a man in today's world, we need to have all our shit sorted, all the time. And somehow it's weak to ask for help. Somehow it's, uh, uh, you know, it's somehow um, an affront to our masculinity to ask for help. And often, far too often, Far too often, particularly here in Australia, but in so many other places around the world, men don't ask for help. They do 
they take their own lives. We take our own lives rather than asking for help, rather than to show that we are human. And sometimes in horrible, horrible situations, we hurt those around us in well, horribly violent ways. Why is that? And if we pretend that this is not happening in diplomacy, well, then we're all full of shit, frankly. And if you think that, you know, then, then that this doesn't apply to the, the gentrified people in diplomacy, um, I kindly ask you to press stop and, and move on. Because it, you're kidding yourself. We're all kidding ourselves if we don't think that this applies to us. But men, why do we wait until every other avenue has been explored and discounted till we ask for help? Sometimes even suicide. Explored. Problem is, we can't discount suicide once it's done. Why is it that... We wait until hitting rock bottom that we ask for help. Because all around us, all around us, there are people who are there to help and support. Two more things. I asked the question... Why is it that we men exhaust every opportunity before we ask for help? Okay, That was deliberate. That was very general. Why is it that we men? Now, the other question, the follow-up question is, why do you, why do I, it's bringing it into ourselves, why do I wait until the last possible moment to ask for help when all other avenues to fix it have been explored. Why do I do that? There's a lot more gravity, more power in turning the general amorphous people, men, into the first person, me, I. There's nowhere to hide then. Unless, of course, you press stop and you make me stop talking right now. I'm okay with that being uncomfortable because the impetus for change doesn't come when we're comfortable. Change comes when we're challenged and we realize that going, staying where we are or going backwards is not an option. The final thing, that uncomfortable feeling that you have and that kind of, I really want to do something. I want to like reach out for help, but I don't know what to do. I don't know how to say it. I don't want to like inconvenience. I don't want to trouble someone. I don't want to seem weak, whatever it is. 
please let it be known really clearly that I fully appreciate the courage that it takes to simply reach out and say hello. The courage that it takes to reach out and say beyond that, hello, you know what, I heard this episode or I read that blog or I was talking to some friends and, you know, your work came up or whatever it was and say, yeah, you know, this applies to me too. That takes an enormous amount of courage. It sounds easy, but it, like, trust me, I know how hard it is. I know how hard it is. But here's the thing about diplomats and those who live the diplomatic life. Generally, we can walk into a room where we know very few people and we can work the room. We can get up. We can talk in a speech for like 20, 30, 40 minutes about some obscure, random little part of our bilateral relationship with that country or, you know, our, our country's position on some kind of um, multilateral um, uh, issue. And we can do so with confidence. We can do so um, uh, and, and, you know, make it look easy. That which would terrify many, many, many people, we can make it look easy because it's part of the job. We put the mask on and do the job, but that requires courage. And courage is courage is courage is courage is courage. If you can do that in the course of your work life, if you have the courage to pick up the phone and cold call someone, if you have the, the courage to engage the president of your home country in you know, a delightful banter about sport or whatever it is, if you've got that courage, if you've demonstrated that courage, I guarantee you, you've got the courage to explore within. Please. Don't wait until it's too late. If, you know, many, many instances of living the diplomatic life, particularly if you're an accompanying spouse, the risk of um, infidelity in marriage is high. And oftentimes, nothing is done until no help is sought to, for the relationship until the infidelity is discovered. Not until we're caught out and we have nowhere else to go. So it doesn't matter if it's infidelity or you know, a, a, a gambling problem or um, alcoholism or, or um, uh, substance abuse, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's not until every other option has been explored. Do... Uh, and, and discounted by us or for us by other people, do we then go, you know what? Yeah, sorry, need help. Um, let's do help together. No, no, it doesn't have to be that way. And this is my call to you as a man in diplomacy or indeed as someone who loves a man in diplomacy. My call to you is to reflect on the questions that I've just asked. I'd love to get your feedback on this and any other episode of the Lonely Diplomat podcast. Feel free to reach out to me on socials. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, and uh, possibly you're watching on YouTube. 
Um, I appreciate that sometimes you don't want the world to see your comments, so feel free to to reach out to me on on um, uh, send me a DM or send me a, a, a message on Messenger. Again, I don't care what you do. I don't care who you do it for. I don't care where you do it. I care about the person doing the work. And my work is all about making you awesomely and humanly you so you can be a great diplomat. Because, I don't know, the world seems to need some really good diplomats right now. If you've got any feedback, please, as I said, uh, um, send that to me. If you're listening through uh, to, to, to this uh, on a podcast service that lets you leave a rating, please send, uh, give this a high rating. It really does help get this um, uh, in, in more ears. Uh, and um, really, word of mouth is by far the best referral. So talk to some friends about it, send it on to them on social media. Um, that would really, really help me out and issue a challenge, this challenge, to more men of diplomacy. That's all for this conversation, all for this chat. It's been awesome. And um, I hope that the feeling of discomfort um, spurs you into taking some action because it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. There's a whole raft of um, services devoted to helping you be an awesome human. All right. Until next time, it does sound like you're getting ready to leave. So until next time, be awesomely and humanly you because the world really does need more you. All sounds used are freeware in the public domain. All views expressed in this episode are my own and do not reflect any official position. I am not a licensed mental health professional. I encourage you to seek the services of a licensed mental health professional if the content of this episode challenged you beyond your current capacity to mentally, emotionally and or physically respond yourself. Thanks for listening.